Welcome back to the BMX in Our Blood. This interview with Scotty Kramer was recorded on December 8th at the Incline Club in Lakewood, New Jersey. Hopefully everyone gets a chance to get down there before they close at the end of the month. And if you do, make sure you give the family a huge high five for all of their hard work over the years. So coming up, I've got a couple more really good interviews. One with Rob Delecki, the photographer slash rider, and the other with Nuno Oliveira from Odyssey BMX and from the Long Island BMX scene. So stay tuned and enjoy the interviews, and thank you again for all of the support. We are here in Brooklyn's Bowl. It looks like a bowl. Why do we call this Brooklyn's Bowl? Because he just hangs out here all day. This is his this spot. Is his spot? This is where he, if you're looking for Brooklyn, he's here. He, he comes here every day. Yeah, he's right here. Skate park, no matter what. Just he's wants here. to ride this. And just it's always this. this one. Just doing this all day long. We're going to take this and put it put it in his, uh, wherever, all day. wherever Brooklyn is. <laughs> all day long. Oh, all day in the bowl. Constantly. So. Oh man. Welcome to the BMX in our blood. This is a podcast that I use to highlight the real people of BMX. This word real could be understood in different ways. It could be unsung heroes, underground riders, famous riders, or the people you meet through BMX that are real in their passion. Today I'm fortunate enough to be here with Scotty Kramer, the realest of the real for so many reasons. We are here at the Incline Club. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Joe, man. I'm on. I really am. I'm pretty excited about this one. All right, good. Hey, I was psyched when you said you would do it because it's... Uh, we have a bit of a connection that it's we've had an interesting year together to say the least so uh so it's been good but i'm going to tell you what intrigues me the most about you and it's that i had no knowledge of you pre-injury in fact i haven't looked back at any media view pre-injury and i i kind of have done that on purpose not for the reason that some people might think um it's almost as though i would like to preserve my memories of you from the beginning of your post-injury journey and you're an amazing story of perseverance in pma positive mental attitude let's start your story from the point at which you decided to push forward and why so push forward and why what do you push mean? forward and why meaning meaning post-injury like post-injury came out of the hospital once you became really aware of of your situation what really what what sparked your interest in pushing forward and doing what you do today with the channel with inspiring other people whether they be people that are injured or just kids that are getting into riding or however you want to look at it well after the accident my life completely changed and uh, a lot of people have heard my story and I've told I've told it a few times but it's constantly changing my opinion and outlook on everything literally week to week I have a new perspective on everything and that started right away from the day of the accident you know like once once I started to remember that you know or once I started waking up and realizing that I was paralyzed I remember having a feeling that went over me like of having you know I just woke up from my my worst nightmare the worst thing that was ever going to happen to me like I was scared from my uh, scared I was scared to death of that honestly that was the biggest thing since Stephen Murray's crash, since Brett Bandeseo, since Mike Aiken, there's so many BMX riders that life had changed from one accident. 
And I was always terrified of that happening. And I, I had the biggest empathy for every single one of those guys. I started riding a full face helmet after Brett Benesiewicz. And I, when, I remember right when Stephen Murray had his crash, I changed my riding style. I stopped going big. I kind of turned into a tech guy for a while because I was just terrified of that happening. And to wake up and to realize that it happened to me was, was, was quite the moment. It felt, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like I was living, you know, my normal life at that point. It just felt like a nightmare to say the least. But once I realized, I looked down at my hand and I realized I couldn't move it and I figured out that I was paralyzed. I didn't have a feeling over me that like it was over, that everything was done. I had a feeling that everything was going to be all right. As crazy as it sounds, I just, I don't know if it was from my, my dad being in there or my wife and just realizing that no matter what happened, that things were going to be okay, but I just had a feeling over me that things were going to work out. And it's not like I sat there and thought, oh yeah, I'm going to get back on my feet and be able to walk again. That never crossed my mind. I just knew that whatever was happening next, things were going to be okay. And I don't know why I woke up with that kind of mindset. I can't explain it, but... Here we are, you know, almost 14 months later, and things are okay, to say the least. I'm, I'm a pretty functional human being right now, and there was a while that I didn't think it was going to happen. So a lot of it was pushing forward and to keep on challenging myself and to keep on getting better. A lot of this injury is mental. As much as, you know, there's times where I sat there trying to move certain parts of my body, and no matter how strong I was mentally, it wasn't going to happen. But at the same time, that strength mentally right there was telling me, hey, listen, it's not happening right now, but it's going to happen, so keep on working. So it's, uh, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely insane. Like every single day in my life, you know, I'll just realize kind of what happened to me. And, and there's a, as much as I'm so grateful and thankful for where I am right this second that I was able to drive to this interview by myself today and I was able to walk in the skate park and say hi to everybody. Like, my life is normal, but at the same time, my life has completely changed from the way it was. Everything about me, what made Scotty, Scotty, has changed. I'm, my two main things in my life were riding BMX and playing music, and I can't do either of them anymore. And that, that kills me, no matter, no matter what. Every single day, that still bothers the heck out of me. When I, I know I can't go to my piano and play whatever song's on my mind, or I can't pick up my guitar because I just can't. I can't hold my my right hand the way I used to, and I can't. I can't sit there and move my fingers up the frets. Like it frustrates me, and that that's the that's the hardest part about my injury. But at the same time, knowing that I'm able to spend time with my friends and spend time with my wife and my family, and I get to see the smiles. That's that's something that keeps me going throughout this all. Um, so it's it's insane. This is a wild experience, but things are okay. Would you say that in the months after your recovery, let's say once you left the New Jersey Rehabilitation Center, events that happened to you slowly or the support that you got, uh, let's say the progression, whether it be a couple steps, did, did you feed off of each of those experiences? Those, those milestones, did you feed off of those and those kept you moving to the point of where we are today? I'd say so for sure. There's, there's so much that went into my rehabilitation that 
that helped me to get to where I am. Constant support through the BMX community was huge. All those days where I was just laying in that hospital bed and just laying there and just not being able to be myself, their support, it gave me, oh my goodness, I can't even describe to you, just getting letters and getting photos from people, just just telling, that made things so much easier for me, it really did. I got that, the feeling going over me like right now, just thinking about like being in a hospital bed and just open up constant letters and people telling me how much they appreciate me for riding my bike and and that that pushed me forward. But in a way, it's not like it literally got me out of the bed right there and then, but that kept me mentally strong to keep focused and to keep wanting to get better. It wasn't easy. There was, there was days, I remember clearly, sitting in the physical therapy at the hospital where I was trying to do what they were asking to me asking for me to do trying they were sitting there trying to get me to do things but I couldn't do it I I, I literally did not have the ability to do it and I didn't have the energy and I just didn't even want to try for it because when they're telling you to pick up your arm or move your arm and you can't do it what do you t- what do you do like and they're, and they're sitting there pushing at you come on keep going keep going and when you're trying to tell them it's not working then like it's really frustrating on my end because I can't I can't do it and then they're sitting there kind of almost like pushing me trying to yell at me to do it but then it, it took me a while to realize that even though I wasn't able to pick up my arm right there and then that little bit of spark was what was getting me to eventually pick up my arm and as much as mad as I was at all the physical therapists for putting me in situations like that now I'm so grateful because I realized that that's what fueled everything. That's that's the start of it. That was a spark to ignite it. Um, so it was it was hard. It was really hard. But the support from everyone is what made things easier for me. Which kept me mentally strong. Which kept me happy. And being happy and not being down or depressed about this whole situation. That's that's the that's the battle right there. You need to be strong mentally to be able to move forward. Right. Right. I would imagine depression in these situations is a huge issue that people probably don't talk too much about. And regardless of what your injury is or how you got it, uh, because you've, you've dealt with a loss, you know, loss of ability. So it's good to hear that the friends came together. So forward to when I met you, geez, that was in the spring. So you were still only maybe six or seven months into this. And yet you were already standing on your own the positivity Wait, I was attitude. in the wheelchair right when we first I think I was you were between you were between wheelchair standing, and standing yeah, because you stand up on the you stood up on the, I literally just up on the started side standing like about this time because I stood up on the side hack that you day stood up on but the I remember side being hack, scared right. for my life getting on the side hack that's what I remember yeah, and we talked about it and made sure that you know yeah, we, we, we weren't going to take a ride on the side <laughs> hack because we weren't ready for that yeah. just because in wow. case of leg buckling or whatever but that was my first experience uh, with you. Again, I knew nothing about your past. And again, I, I, I told you the story about driving home. My son was with us that day, and he said, do you realize who you just talked to? And I said, uh, to be honest with you, no. And he, he pulled you up on Instagram, of course, or yeah, it had to have been Instagram. And he's like, that was Scotty Kramer. This, this guy's huge. And I'm, I'm like, I appreciate that, and that's awesome. But I just met the most amazing guy. And this is going to sound corny to people, and I don't care if they think it's corny, but I just met the most amazing guy that could have never touched a bike in his life. 
because the the sincerity that you showed, the respect, everything about you while dealing with the challenges that you're dealing with were just handled incredibly and made such an impression on me that as I've told you, I wanted to give a thousand percent to anything I did for you and it's because of that positive attitude that carried you to the point at which I met you. So, like I said, as funny as it's as it sounds, I, I don't want to look backwards because I'm enjoying the Scotty now so much that the Scotty before pre-injury is not, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but it's not as of interest to me. You know what I mean? It, because you've done so many things for so many people as the Scotty I know now. Well, thank you, Joe. I, to be honest with you, you don't know how much I truly appreciate that. Because ever since I was younger, that was my main priority. I, it was great to be well-known for riding my bike, being good at riding bikes, but when somebody would come forward and, and tell me that I was a good person, that's, that's what I really wanted to hear. That's what I worked for every day of whenever I was out and about and I would hold a door for somebody or do things like that. That's, that was what I wanted to be well-known for. So hearing that, like... I'm not. I'm not offended by you. <laughs> not wanting to know the old me, but it's 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 very similar. It's a very similar person <laughs> than than the current me. I uh, just uh, I just like to get my bike and go fast and go high. <laughs> I'd say that's the only difference on that one. I'm sure, and I'll be here to witness that when that happens. Uh, me too. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> but, you know, no no doubt. Um, but. I, I'm, I'm sure you understand the point and um, I do, I do and the impact, I mean really it's the impact that you're having on other people and, and if, it's, if it's impacting you in a positive way as well and helping you through these times then obviously that's the most important thing so, uh, so that's, that's great it's a double win as far as I can tell of course, I agree with that one so oh, this uh, like for you saying that like and just thinking like back to you know like when I was a professional BMX rider and when I was I mean living out my dream full on just everything that I ever wanted when I was younger riding my BMX bike came true for me. I won X Games, I invented tricks, I was sponsored by the biggest companies out there and that was amazing and all and like I always knew that that was going to end one day. I always hated that question when somebody would come up to me and it was always it would be like whether it be like my wife's um, you know, friends, uh, uh, boyfriend, or something like that. Somebody would just start talking to me about this, or and they would be like, "So, what are you gonna do after you're done riding?" And I never had an answer for that, never. And I, I literally, I could think about it and try to do it as much as I could, but I could never come up with anything because there was nothing beyond riding bikes for me. That was it for me. It was I'll sort it out when it happens. But for right now, this is my life. And I always used to think about what would happen, like, or how it would end BMX for me. Like, was I going to just not be as good as the rest of the guys and just not have sponsors and then try to figure out how to get a job? I mean, that's kind of what was going through my mind. And that kept me fueled every year to try to keep on being good. But then when I woke up and realized that this was the end for me, that my, you know, my BMX career as professional was over, that was, that was heavy, but I never felt more relieved at the same time because that was the scariest thing that I was ever going to do was to be able to let go of riding BMX. So when that happened and then 
knowing that, okay, that, that portion of my life is over. But now I'm in the transition of, okay, BMX riding is over. Now what? And I, I'm like, I still don't have a great answer of being like, yep, this is my life now. But I've been so lucky to be able to keep on doing YouTube and to have my sponsors still support me, you know, a year out from the accident. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do. But at the same time, I'm proud of the person that I am. And I believe that who I am is going to get me to where I need to be. So I, I'm just going to kind of keep on just enjoying this and wait for something to happen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but You have every reason to have total faith in that. And, you know, it's going to sound, sound like a complete compliment Scotty podcast, but the truth is the truth. I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't ignore it. It's right now. I think it's amazing just in the, in the 15 months that you're talking since the accident or 14, 14, 14, 14. as we record this. Yeah. Okay. Look at what you've done just in that time with the channel. The channel must have doubled in size, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere around there. It just about doubled since the accident, and in that that moment, like or that time, the channel was the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. Literally, that gave me a purpose. Honestly, I was lost for a while in BMX, like or where I was or where I wanted to be, and I didn't like where BMX was. And when the channel, like when I first started it, I remember just working my butt off and trying to explain to my wife and my mom, "Listen, I'm buying a camera and a laptop, and we're going to make YouTube videos, and this is going to be." This is going to be what I'm putting all my focus into, and my and they were they were totally against it, 100% yeah. against it. Yeah. And the only person that was really on my side, the only person was Big Boy. He was the only one that that because he was a YouTube guy that loved watching YouTube, knew everything about YouTube. So he he kind of saw it and realized what could happen. So for me, like when when our channel took off and that we had people watching us, like we were just we were just talking about your podcast and. And you were, sure. you were saying, oh, well, I've had 4,000 views. I know it might not sound anything to me, yeah. to, 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 for me to hear, but like, right. you're very proud of that. Sure. I will not forget when our first video hit, hit 1,500 views, we were so happy. We were, we were high-fiving each other like, heck yeah, 1,500 people watched yeah, our right. video. Right. I still remember that feeling. I still remember how appreciative I was. And even though we get 100,000 uh, you know, views on a video now, it's. I still recall. I do not. I, I'm so grateful for where we're at right now. But I'm so happy that we were able to make it work. Sure. After after uh, all the time and effort. So when the accident happened and I was, you know, I couldn't do YouTube anymore and I knew I wasn't going to be able to uh, edit the videos and I wasn't going to be able to hold the camera nor ride the bike. Then it's for the channel to keep on going, for Big Boy and the guys to get together and keep the channel going was huge, absolutely huge for me. And now I'm able to film and I'm able to work on the videos and, mm -hmm. and we're able to keep it going. Like it's just, it's the coolest thing in the world. Like I'm so grateful for that. The channel grew because of the positivity that was, that was just flowing in the group that you surrounded yourself with. No, thank you so much. And just like you said, it's, it's all from the guys. It really is. I, I had a, I, I, I be honest with you, the reason why I started my YouTube channel I wasn't happy where BMX was. I wasn't happy about the negativity that was surrounding it. I wasn't happy about how you had to ride a certain way or do certain tricks to be cool in BMX. When I grew up, it wasn't that way at all. BMX was so original in the, in the, in the, 
late 90s and, and early 2000s. Oh, like sure. it was just whatever, there was just different kinds of people out there riding. And everybody rode a little bit of everything. Usually, it wasn't so divided. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, you have to have a, you know, a certain dress a certain way, you have to have a, huge bars, four pegs, you know, brakes, no, can't have them anymore. Like, it, it wasn't like that at all. Right. So, like, I didn't, I wasn't happy about it. And I kind of wanted to. What year to, was this, sorry? This, Just approximately. This, what do you mean, like, when I When used, did you start to see that things were heading kind of the wrong oh, direction been, you didn't like? it's been since about 2010 that, you know, like, I realized that it, it was starting to kind of go into a negative route. Mm-hmm. And then once we got to 2012, 13, 14, like, I just... I hated it. I wasn't. I didn't like BMX. I, I was a professional bike rider, and I couldn't stand my what I was into because yeah. just it just wasn't fun anymore. It, right. And there's people didn't want to get into riding because it was so opinionated. It's like you show up at the skate park. I mean, if you showed up at the skate park, um, you had to show up and be a certain way, ride a certain thing, stay away from those ramps. You're not allowed to do that because that's not cool anymore. You know, things like right. that. Right. And I hated it. So I remember like when we started the channel. I showed I showed Big Boy props because Big Boy, you know, he's my little brother's age, right. and I met him through my little brother. You know, I just because my little brother, I started riding with. He got to the age where you know we could kind of be friends instead of you know just siblings with a big age gap there. Sure. And I met Big Boy through that, and I showed Big Boy props, and I showed him, I showed him one part of props, and I showed him uh, the Colin Winkleman interview, where Lee Ramsdale uh, was doing the interview. And also they had a like a, a music guest that was Lee Ramsdale, his name was Eugene. And it was the funniest thing. It was all amazing. Just the way that they did it. Uh, Will Stroud filmed it. Like I remember talking to Will Stroud about it and like just to tell them just how huge that was. Like it touched like me and my friends just because that made PMX so cool. And right. seeing a pro like that way be able to uh, be able to relate, like I think was a big missing factor there in, in BMX. So like I showed him that and he's like, wow, that was awesome. I said, you see, this is the BMX I grew up with. This is the BMX that needs to come back and that can come back. And we kind of went with that mindset of trying to make BMX enjoyable again, trying to show people that, you know, it's not about what you do or how you do it. It's just about having fun. It literally, that's what BMX is supposed to be. You're supposed to get together with your friends and you guys are supposed to go out riding. You guys are supposed to learn tricks together and have a good time mm-hmm. and create friendships that you know are going to last forever pretty much so that's what we that's what we tried to do and we didn't have to conform or to try to do you know certain certain ways to do it which i'm so grateful for i mean it was hard it took forever to get the channel to get some traction and and you know, there's times where i thought okay it's just not going to work but the channel made it 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 it, it it went so much further. I remember thinking in my head, like, okay, if we can get the 50,000 subscribers, then I think that my sponsors will appreciate that, and then maybe they might resign me next year, and I can be a sponsor professional again. And seeing where the channel is now, it's like, blows my mind thinking about that. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what we were doing when we started the channel. Yeah, that's, it's amazing. And, and watching, I try to watch religiously, and I, I don't think I've missed one in months. But um, it's, it's awesome. great Thank because you, you you've got you've got such a diverse group, and which proves your exact point. And hopefully, Ricky doesn't take this the wrong way. But I love that Ricky is part of it because Ricky may not be Vinny Menino, but Ricky's part of exactly what you're saying. It's about just riding bikes. So if he does a a bike spin on the floor, or 
you know, he did a foot plant for Ricky Hoffman last week when you were in Florida because he couldn't be there. You know, that stuff makes me happy because that makes me feel like I could just go do a bike spin or a foot plant and that's okay. You know, exactly what you're saying. Ricky will be the first one to, to tell you that's the truth right there. And Ricky is a personality. Ricky's a friend of ours, and he loves riding his bike. Ricky uh -huh. can't do flip whips, even though I seen him doing it pulpit once years did, yeah. and years ago. This is years ago. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen yeah. anytime soon. He's not interested. He's yeah, trying to yeah. pedal in the back foot. But uh, right. Ricky loves riding his bike. Literally loves yeah. it. Loves going to new skate parks. Loves cruising around. And that's what's important. Yeah. And look at my situation right now. I I know I'm not gonna be the old Scotty. I'm not going to be able to do whatever I want on my bike anymore, but I'm looking for the day that when I get on my bike, I'm going to have control and I'm going to be able to cruise around whichever skate park I go to sure. and be able to enjoy that place. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that just goes to show. Like, literally, that's that's what we were trying to get the point across on the channel. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hopefully get a chance to relive that, you know, or as time goes by. I'm literally going to be starting from the bottom again and enjoying every second of it. Yeah, it's almost like going beginner on up right it is, over again except and, i know how to having... do all the tricks already that's the most <laughs> frustrating thing yeah like i know every single i know exactly what to do oh, in any situation man. yeah but i just feel like i'm in a borrowed body that's what that's how i describe it to everybody like that's... i just i know what to do like when i see the bike i know exactly what to do with that bike yeah. to do certain tricks but i cannot get my body to translate that's, an, that's an interesting way to look at it's it really it strange. is it is a borrowed body so it's you know mentally you're right you know the motions, you know what to do, which... You might get a kick out of this. I, I was just telling somebody this a couple of days ago. Like right now, I can't, I can't remember of what it felt like to be strong or to, be, to move fluently. Like when I picture myself walking down, down a road or trying to run, I can't remember how that felt. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that I could recall when I look at a ramp and I imagine myself doing a run through there, I could recall all how that feels, how the pump feels, and how the how a 360 whip feels, and how I'm gonna leave and lean and, and kick the bike and catch the bike. I can recall that those kind of feelings, but I can't I can't I can't remember you know what it was like to you know play play music fast or anything like that. Or like let's just say if um, if I was gonna think in my head of like what it feels like to jump over something like standing there, like yeah. I can't kind of fathom that. My body's just sure. like kind of so used to, to how it feels now. Yeah. But I could recall those feelings of pumping a ramp and going high. Maybe just because I did it for so long, I don't know. It's made you an analyst. You know what Big Boy can do. You know what he's capable of. Yeah. You know what he needs to do to correct that trick that he's having trouble with. You see, you've got all this stuff on lock in your head. You still are using it vicariously through... Yeah, just through other through people. And that, which is still awesome. You know, I think that's really cool when I watch the channel and I see that you're, you're challenging guys. Yeah. Because you were there and you know what they can do. Yeah. And, and you're just, you're pushing them and everyone knows that you've done it. Yeah, you, they still trust me, which is good. <laughs> and obviously it's helped Big Boy progress. I can't believe the rider he's become. Not to mention the body transformation yeah. and, and all that. No, it's pretty. It's pretty unreal. It's like sometimes I sit back and I just watch the guys ride and just realize how much has changed, and especially mm -hmm. him, just because what he used to look like and how he used to be able to ride his bike, and now he's just completely different. Yeah. And we got to watch on the channel, and uh, it's not something we ever thought was going to happen. But now looking back at that, that's so cool. Such yeah. a cool experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let me roll into a question. Did you ever imagine you would be as great an advocate for your sponsors post-injury as you were before? Uh, it's, I guess not, because I never imagined being you know, in a situation not on the bike. You get what I mean? I understand. So now being on, being off the bike and still being, you know, sponsored by the companies that I have, I'm so blessed first and foremost, but I'm so excited to be able to do my part still, to be able to go to, to the monster events and to be able to help out announcing them and making videos, um, to be able to go to the Vans events and support the same way, like, I'm going to be able to have a signature shoe with Vans in spring 2019. That's going to be the, the next thing. So like, to be able to still have a shoe, you know, through all this, like I'm right. so blown away. And I'm grateful for it, to say the least. Very, very grateful. But it's for such great reason. And that's the part that uh, you'll probably reluctantly take credit for. But you wouldn't do that with a guy. They wouldn't invest that kind of money with a, with a guy that didn't have that, that, that positive attitude that's out there promoting BMX, regardless of his physical situation. You're like a sponsor's dream in that way. So, it, and you got to take credit for that because oh, well, no you. one would invest that kind of money in, in someone that couldn't pull that off. And the events that we've done for you, I've never seen such a mob. And this is all post-injury. Like I said, I've only known you post-injury. And these are the memories that I hold near and dear. You pull in and they swarm like you're Bon Jovi. Since we're in New Jersey, <laughs> bon I have to say him. I have to because we're in New Jersey. We're probably right around the corner from his house. I can't think of a better one right now. Plus, I'm old. Um, but, you know, they're, they're swarming and... And it's because they still care so much about you and you are still leaving such an impact on them. So there to me is the answer of why these sponsorships are continuing. And that's where my question was heading is, did you ever imagine that your positive attitude would carry you through to this point with sponsors? Well then, in that case, I'm gonna say no. I never thought because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I always wish that people would you know, appreciate somebody's personality or respect somebody for being a good person and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember countless times where I'd feel like, man, I'm try I'm so nice to everybody and I'm so, I've tried to be such a good person, but why is this guy who's a terrible person, why is he winning? You know, I remember thinking about that, you know, whether just throughout life in general. So, uh, thinking about it now, like, uh, I guess I guess I finally got got a you know recognition for it. So yes, uh, it's amazing. I'm really really thankful for that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And from uh, the little bit I know about your family, I, I I really think a lot of that has to do with your upbringing. Of course, your parents are beautiful people. Just, it's all their fault for sure. Yeah, it's all their fault. They, they've done a great job. All the kids. I mean, I met your brother at the Halloween Jam. I'd never met him before, mm -hmm. and just. All of your siblings are just, just they're all class X, you know, and, and that comes from somewhere. And I, I know that because we're all children of, of parents, yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be here. <laughs> so, um, you know, my father was a gentle person as well. And, and, you know, he treated people with respect and loved a good conversation. And he was just a, a great mentor. So I- Sounds yeah. a lot like Joe Doherty right there to me. 
it rubbed off. It rubbed <laughs> off a little bit, but um, but you, I think your parents did a fantastic job, and and uh, and it's it's carried through. I mean, you've it's it's really come around and, and worked. No, so. I'm I'm thankful for them. My parents are amazing, honestly. Just thinking about just like here we are sitting in the skate park and like just looking around and just realizing all the memories I have in this place, every bit of them. And like if it wasn't for my dad being the type of person that he was to be able to, you know, he had no money. He somehow built a skate park with no money. It's one of the best skate parks in the world too. Yeah. And like he did it in an honest way too. You know, I, right. I'm, I'm so thankful for my dad and my mom being the person she is to, you know, my, she's such a nice person. She, I, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't act the way I am with people, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as compassionate of a person, and I wouldn't, you know, have the respect levels, I guess. And I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for that. I wish that everybody can have, can can go through like a, a like boot camp with my mom and turn out, mm-hmm. and turn out that way, because she's just such a compassionate person. Her and I are going to talk someday, maybe with your dad, but her and I are going to talk someday and do one of these things because I know she doesn't like video, uh, yeah, but she might, she might do audio, yeah, She might. but I would love to talk to your parents, you know, about exactly, exactly that. And, and that's, that's coming from a parent, you know, of yeah. two kids, 17 and 20 years old. It's, um, it's not an easy thing and not every, not every kid gets it, you know, so They've done well. They've That's done very, true. very yeah, well. I'm, I'm so grateful for them. I really am. They're, so, they're fantastic. We'll definitely set it up. We'll get my mom. And oh, dad we got to nail it. them down. And, <laughs> and besides, your your mom, well, she couldn't even talk to me at the Halloween jam because she said she started writing a letter to me a couple times and she had to keep stopping because she couldn't do it. Yeah. She was getting choked up and the whole thing. And I said, we'll talk sometime if you want Sounds to. Sounds like my mom to me. Yeah. It's so. She'll have her chance to, you know, cry or whatever she wants to <laughs> yeah, do. Just don't make me cry because I cry really easily, you know, when I get choked up about things that are, that are you know, that are near and dear, yeah. that, are, that are personal. My dad's the same way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my dad, you know, my dad cries during uh, Extreme Makeover. Remember that? <laughs> He used to cry every week. He'd watch that Extreme Anger. They're like, move that yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. And the bus pulls away. And he's like, ah. All right, I got, I got to tell you, I get choked up for that, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm mostly I'm choked up because I'm upset because I think my wife had something for that guy, Ty. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, it's... <laughs> he's out of the picture now, so I'm clean. I'm good. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> That part we're leaving in there because my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to these anyway. So it's <laughs> the I tool belt, the spike, you know, the, the yeah, whatever he, hair. He, you he know. looks apart, doesn't well, he, yeah, that guy? He, he did. Now she's watching a different makeover show. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, so let's go to some simpler questions because we've, we've dealt with some pretty pretty heavy stuff and and thank you for answering uh honestly and being put on the spot like that because there's they're heavy issues and they're what make you they're they're what make you who you are and what i i told a a very good friend of mine in a recent interview and he won't mind if i say this but his name is danny bailey uh he has a speech impediment and he was very honored that i asked him to do the podcast this guy's a trails legend. This guy did a hundred laps at Posh twice, two different days, 
a hundred laps on this on this one on this one run called Megalodon. This would have been in the late 2000, like 2009, eight, right around that area. So this guy, this guy was serious. He was Sounds a like very it. good rider. I've never heard of that. And I knew him that. from back in the early 90s, going down to Long Island to ride. And just a heart of gold, super nice guy. He was more than happy to talk, but he was concerned about his, his voice and how he would sound but he wasn't afraid to to put it out there and he was grateful that I was willing to accept that. And here he is talking to me and you know me. I'm like, what, what why would I not? And you're an amazing person. You are who you are. And my point is, is you can't let your challenges, we'll say. I, don't, I, I hate the word defect yeah, or too, disability. Yeah. I hear you on They're all one. just challenges. You know, you can't let them define you. And that's where I was going with that. But um, you can't let these things define you. And, you know, witnessing what you have gone through has had an impact on me. And, and I have challenges in life. I have a neurological problem with spasmodic torticollis. I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to stop riding because of it. Because that's not who I am. I am Joe Doherty. I'm not the guy that has this neurological issue mm. and maybe that makes you more compassionate in life I think also that helps definitely helps I agree. bottom line is Danny me you the list goes on we don't let this define us and and you've done a great job at not letting it define you and Danny is is now not letting it define him because he realized he was calling me after the interview saying the amount of positive feedback he was getting in the text was amazing it's cool and he, he is one of the most popular interviews I have. Just credit to you and credit to people that are willing to just just step up and accept themselves for who they are and just, and just keep moving forward. I, you know. I agree. Moving forward is everything. And I'll go back and I'm just going to give you a quick little story about just kind of how this has changed me. And this is something that I've, I'm different about with myself and I'm grateful for it. I was always somebody that just didn't like failure. I didn't like not, you know, just being different. Like whether one way for that noise. No, don't worry about it. Sorry, just just an air compressor going off in the background over here. Um, But I was so, if let's just say, if I didn't look a certain way, or if I felt like I, you know, I had something that was going to embarrass me out in public, like I. It would be the end of end of my day, like end of my world. <laughs> but ever since my accident, I don't care anymore, which is which is great. Like, I've I've done the worst of the worst at this point. I mean, like, I can't feel my legs that great, so my pants tend to drop down from time to time, you know. And uh, it's it's it happens too much to the point where like I I I don't want to say I'm used to it at this point, but it's ridiculous. Like in front of my physical therapy, that's that's one thing, but. Right. This girl, little girl came up to me behind the bike shop and I'm with a few people and she's like, oh my God, I never thought I'd meet somebody famous. And she was young and I heard her and I said, oh, what are you saying? Like she's like talking to me and I started walking over to her and I feel my legs get cold and I look down and I'm like, oh my God, my pants just <laughs> fell down behind the bike shop, walking over to a little girl. Like I was like, I literally like, I was so embarrassed. I picked up my pants and I left. And that was like the only time I've really been embarrassed throughout all this. But like, there's just so many things now that because of this accident that I'm okay with. That, that was definitely the hardest part. 
But, you know, like I, for a while, right. I, I couldn't control going to the bathroom that great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, be driving down the road um, with, you know, my friends or whatever. Yeah. And I, guys, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, but I, I just happened to go to the bathroom in my pants. And I can, and, oh, great. It was literally the biggest fear ever, you know, for me, like just sure. being embarrassed like that. I, right. I didn't care anymore because I, I couldn't care about it. Right. I had way too much to worry about at this point than, than these kind of things. Like right. the, the big things that were deal breakers that just yeah. became not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, thank God my friends for dealing with me throughout all this <laughs> and whatnot. But yeah, my life has changed with that aspect. Like I just realized that certain things that used to just scare the heck out of me really aren't that scary anymore. And I'm really grateful for that outlook. It's, I'm mad I had to learn it the hard way, but I'm, right. I'm, I'm happy about having the outlook. I haven't seen you waver when you know that you need it and other people need it, and and that's pretty special. I'll I'll keep moving because trust me, I could talk all day, and that's <laughs> that's a that's an issue with these. Actually, let's jump to this question that I had for you. Do you ever feel pressure to deliver 110% Scotty at times? Um, I'm going to say an honest answer would be yes, mm-hmm. definitely, but it's a great pressure. It's a pressure that I'm really happy that I have on myself. Like I will, I always told Big Boy this when we started the channel, I was like, okay, listen, you're going to start to get recognition from this. It's like, you know, every person that we meet in this, uh, throughout this journey or whatever we're doing, they're going to expect, you know, something from you, of how you're going to act, how you're going to be. Like you don't have to put on a full show, but you have to remember that these these kids, I'm just gonna use the term kids, these kids are seeing you for the first time, they're gonna remember this moment of how you act to them right now. It's like how do you want to show up and be remembered? And yeah, it kinda hit him and he kinda realized about it. And I'll remember I, there's there's countless people that I still meet being who I am right now that I meet in person, I'm like, that is a terrible person. I don't want anything to do with them and I don't want to ever meet them or see them again. And like famous people, like you know, whether around the industry, and mm-hmm. so I told Big Boy that, and like seeing him show up, and he is just as soon as the kid comes up to him, he will give him every ounce of his attention, right. and I'm I'm that way. That's how I do it. Yeah. And like, do I feel pressure? There's sometimes where I'm tired, and then I look at like a, like let's just say like we're at the Halloween Jam that one day. Sure. I showed up there at eight o'clock or seven in the morning or something like that. Long day. And I stood. Till 8:30 at night. That's when I sat down for the first time that day, and like I'm, I'm so happy I was able to stand up the whole time. But the line just of people waiting to talk to me never stopped. And I remember seeing the people, and, and I, I, there's, I'm like, man, I'm getting pretty tired. I haven't eaten. I need sugar. I'm kind of like dehydrated. But I felt like I had to be Scotty every time I met one of those per- those people, and they got me through it. But yes, there's pressure there, but it's a it's a great pressure. It's yeah. a pressure that I'm appreciative of. Sure. And I mean, before and even before the injury, when I used to ride um, professionally, uh, 100%, I I felt had to be I I had to live up to who I was. I needed to show up at the skate park, and I needed to do something crazy. So I didn't. I because I was just so grateful of being a professional rider. I wanted to show up and leave an impression on whoever whoever saw me, and that's what made me the rider I was. Of you know, ever since I was a kid, but um, that for sure uh, definitely was huge for me showing up, and it was stressful, very stressful. 
especially when you show up at a skate park or a contest that's jam-packed and, and I'm not going to be the one to go snake people or anything like that, but I still want to be myself. That's that's uh, big, real big. Sure. Hey, what's, what's happening, up, bro? man? How you been? Good, man. How's you? How's hey, man, not you? bad, dude. How was school? <laughs> what was that? Slide out right here. I hate that. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, man. I'm still a bit rusty. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's fine. Less rusty as I am right now. Yeah, that's for sure. man. <laughs> yeah, man. So you've been riding again? Yeah, that's cruising, awesome, yeah cruising a little bit. Just having some fun. Yeah? Yeah, taking baby steps into it. Yeah, that's it's still hard, sick, so dude. just taking my time yeah, on it. Yeah, man. See so you come out of that. That's wild. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Good to see you back here, man. Really? Oh, yeah, man. I'm trying to get back into it. Good, good. Get cruising, man. Yeah, every little bit. Oh. <laughs> of course it is. That's BMX right there. All right, bro. I'll talk to you in a minute. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, I, I totally get it. And, and the reason I brought it up is because I've witnessed extremely tough days for you physically, you know, with the, with the jam at Trumbull. You know, you were nonstop. I... You may have taken a little break, but you were nonstop. And we had you going from event location to event location. So you'd go from the ramp show back to the, you know, say the side hack race, to yeah. the jumping contest, to the manual contest. Mixing that, the photo, you know, the group photo, you know. Yeah, it's a lot and at the same thing. time, I'll never forget this. You were, for you to get from one side of that property to the other... The schedule, I always have a rough schedule going, you know, in my head, but it's okay if we deviate from it. It's just roughly we have to stay on a schedule. We were instantly within the first, by the first event, we were already a half hour, 45 minutes off. And, and it makes me laugh, and it all worked out great. Everything always does. I don't worry about these yeah. things. Because you're so gracious that you would stop for every single kid, every... and. And I still see pictures to this day, especially if you search Scotty Kramer Jam hashtags, you'll see families, you know, that have pictures that they treasure with you. You know, that's what took the extra time, but it was worth every minute of it because you and I agreed that's why we were there that day. We wanted it to be fun. Yeah. And then the next jam, same thing. And you spent time and you stayed late. It's just, it, it's, uh, it's a lot to ask of a person, and you just rise to the occasion every time. So, totally understandable if once in a while you're just feeling pressure. I think I'd be surprised if you said, "No, I, I never feel a problem being 110% Scotty all the time." That would be not human to me. You're right. You're totally right. But no. a good feeling. I, 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 I'm so thankful to have that feeling because mm -hmm. I remember what it was like. Like I'll be honest with you, like. There was times when I went from being, you know, X Games gold medalist Scotty to Scotty that maybe lost that competition that year, or you know, let's just say the style of BMX changed, and I kind of felt like people were forgetting about me. I remember exactly what that felt like, and wishing that man, I wish I can go back and I can be popular again because I would take full advantage of it. You know, I think that in my head. So now that the popularity is there, I'll forget about it. Like I, I will never take that for granted ever ever right. no possible way right so right yeah, well like like we've talked about already in this interview you still have that popularity in a different way and for the best reason because you've got such a positive attitude so now instead of winning a contest you're winning well you're winning a different contest you're winning the the pma contest <laughs> you know 
you're just uh, you're positive and and it's it's beneficial to everybody. So it's uh, yeah, it's appreciated that 110 percent effort, even though it is tiring at times. You're beyond human sometimes, especially with the with the condition you were in in July, and you know you're getting better. But even at the Halloween jam, that's a lot to ask. So it's it's appreciated. A lot of people appreciate Thank it. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. No, you're welcome. It's 100% true. But um, what's your most memorable BMX moment? If you could nail that down to one. Oh, it's so hard. That is the hardest question I ever. You've probably been asked that a hundred times. I have. Too, I definitely have been asked that question before. But I swear to you, I'll probably give a different answer every time because <laughs> it, it's it's so hard to remember every single moment. Right. And there's moments that like. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out and I'm gonna put a couple moments just, just sure. right here on, on spot. Like, yeah, I'll never forget when I learned when I landed my first front flip tail up in the foam pit, a trick that was impossible. You know, yeah. that everybody said it was never gonna happen, and I thought it was never gonna happen. And I try, I changed one little different detail than everything I changed, and it came around. and I landed in the foam pit, and I was like, oh my god! Like literally, like I, I was in complete shock. Moments like that to winning my first gold medal at X-Games and being yeah. up there for a victory run, you know, and I'm realizing, okay, you just did something that you never thought would ever happen, and like, okay, let's enjoy this. Right. That kind of moment was cool. Um, then, man, I, all the countless tricks, you know, that I learned for the first time and things like that, but if I was going to pick one moment that was my favorite BMX moment, this is going to be a moment that isn't even about me, Okay. Okay. This is just going to be a moment that is just about my love for BMX. And this was the Roots Jam 2002. I was an amateur. I won that weekend. That was cool. It was a really awesome experience. But I sat back there and I watched the pros go by. I watched the pro event go down and it was the most epic thing I've ever seen in my life. Mike Aiken was there. Uh, Dave Muir was there. And like it was just banger upon banger upon banger. The vibe was insane. There was just literally a, um, a building just full of people that just loved BMX and everybody's on the edge of their seat and I'll never forget how that competition went down and Dave Mirror finished off the night with a foofanu over it was a wall ride above a sub box and he foofanued the wall above the sub box it was huge it was a, it was unreal and like I just remember just sitting there and just, I finally got to see the magazines and the videos in real life you know those moments I lived it it was like going to, you know, your favorite your favorite rock and roll concert like ever, and then playing everything that you ever wanted them to play, you know. Yeah. And you sat front row, <laughs> like right. that was that's one of my favorite BMX moments right there. Wow. That that was real. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Okay, let's switch to a. Uh, this one's probably gonna be a little bit easier. What's your most memorable life moment? memorable life moment so this could include family it could yeah. include anything anything it doesn't have to be bmx related we're done with the bmx right? your favorite <laughs> life moment <laughs> yeah this is a this is a tough one as well like you know part of me wants to go out there and go the easier route and say you know like marrying my wife but sure um i'm gonna go out there and say my most memorable life moment was when I was. I remember being 25 and being really, really depressed. I believe it was 25. Mm -hmm. I was really depressed and I felt really lost in my life. Extremely lost. 
didn't like where I was riding BMX, didn't like where I was, you know, relationship-wise. And I just remember just, just hearing, I remember just being so just bummed out. I just wasn't happy at all. So confused, just didn't know what to do and how to make things better. And literally just, I was at the point where like I was just waiting for something to happen to help me out here. And that's when uh, I, uh, I kind of re-met my wife again. We knew each other, but we didn't see each other for years and years. And my wife and I, we met playing Words with Friends. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how it all happened. <laughs> playing Words with Friends with each other. And just seeing the difference that one person could make on 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 literally a life not just you know the part that like oh I needed a girlfriend or anything like that I needed direction right and when she came in she made everything make sense and it wasn't just you know a date night that was going to change everything it was just for me to be happy again for me to want to drive further and to be able to kind of get my feet back on the ground again to be able to refocus on X Games like I remember, and stuff like that. Those were always the biggest things for me, was X Games, right? That's, uh, that's what I was, you know, being paid as a professional BMX rider for, was to be able to show up in that kind of my, uh, atmosphere. And the year before that, I got uh, eighth place or something like that, or something like that, seventh, I didn't make finals. Mm-hmm. That year, in 2011, I worked my butt off. And I worked my butt off because I finally got my, my direction again. And I got third place. I was so happy. I literally, I was over the moon. And then I kept that momentum going. And the next year I went back and I got first place. And, and that was such a turn in my life right there was when I met my wife. And that was, that's, that's an unforgettable life moment right there. Because like not everything, there's not been one moment in my life, you know, because there's, there's been too many moments. There's so many moments in your life where things are going to make sense to you. You know, when, when whether you lose somebody you really care for and you realize how uh, valuable life is or you fall riding your bike in a ditch and you become paralyzed, you know, that, that you're learning lessons constantly. And there's life moments that are going to change you. But... I don't know, I feel like that moment for me stands out because it just gave me hope again. And I think hope is such a such a huge thing in life. And if you don't have hope and you don't have direction, it's really hard to live a life, in my opinion. It's true. Absolutely true. Yeah, so I'll say that. That's an excellent answer. And of course we have to know, did your team win? Words with friends that night? I, I kicked her butt. I was constantly she was she was terrible at it. I think I think she had other plans than, than playing words with friends. I think I think I don't think that's what she was trying to do. Oh, she wanted to play dating with Scotty. Yeah, I think that's what the game plan right. was. <laughs> oh, I love Lisa. She is she's, she's a she's the best. She is awesome. I've had you know, great interaction with her and, and just obviously respect her a ton. Yeah, uh, thank you. So, uh, what is something about you that most fans don't know? Something about me that most fans don't know. It's going to um, be tough because you're an open book. I am, I am. <laughs> I mean, like, my life is... I film videos every single right. day, but they're usually about BMX. I don't... Right. I never, like, got into doing, like, those vlog videos where I would be filming my life or... Because I kind of don't want everybody to know everything. In a sure. Way. 
one thing that people do not know and are generally surprised about is my love for music. Like, um, I knew no, people now know that like I play piano and whatnot, but mm-hmm. like not that many people realize that how how obsessed I was with music and you know like I I learned how to play the piano like just from playing by ear and uh, once I was able to start playing a decent amount like trying to copy songs that I could hear then I started writing my own music and I literally wrote words and wrote full music to 66 songs or something like that that many? yeah 66 songs that like really meant a lot to me and like what was I writing them for? because I loved it like it's I never like I never like thought oh yeah I'm gonna make an album or anything like that like I I just literally loved music and just it was such a you know release for me of everything like there's I'm I'm going to go out there and I'll tell everybody this this is one thing that fans don't know about me is I I played music more than I rode my bike that's for sure um every day I played music and that was that's what made me happy um so like that like I was saying like I was saying earlier in the interview like so for losing BMX riding and then also losing my ability to play my music like it's been hard really hard for me mentally but I'm getting better. I'm getting better, and and you know I'm I'm just glad I got the chance to look forward to something and try to be able to play again. So. Right. Wow. I had no idea. I saw you play the piano on a channel video. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that you had written 66 songs. 66 songs since 2008. That was when I wrote my first song. Wow. That was 2008. That is, that's, that's amazing. It's meant, meant to be played in what genre? Oh, well, so like I learned playing the piano. Um, and I learned from you know, my favorite bands at the time. At that time when I first started playing the piano was like Something Corporate, Jack's Mannequin. I mean, I loved like like Taking Back Sunday. I listened to Under Rose a lot, Saves the Day. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, like I, I hate putting those kind of bands into genres because like mm-hmm. some people will be like, oh, that's emo. <laughs> you know, sure. like, I don't I don't like that kind nice. of term. Um, but the songs that I'd write were songs that meant a lot to me because it would be getting points across or, or feelings or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what ended up happening was too, um, in about that time frame, was when I started listening to Bruce Springsteen a lot. And I, I found him kind of on my own. I mean, I, I remember like being younger and my dad, Rosalita would come on and like I would think in my head like, oh, this is a cool sounding song. But my dad would turn it up on the radio and if my dad listened to it, there's no way it was cool. Impossible. So I just, I just, I didn't like Bruce Springsteen at all. Refused to like him. And then I found him on my own. There's more than one kid that feels that way. I feel a little better now. <laughs> I think it's anyway. I think this is how it goes. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's more that way than the other way, Joe. So no, right. Don't, so don't anyway, let it hit sorry. you. Uh, so I, I, I found this music on my own, and I started. I remember watching the Super Bowl. I think that was one of the key times when we played the Super Bowl, and I watched him perform, and I said, holy crap. I was like, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. And, and then I went right from the beginning. I went to his first album. And I bought that, and I started listening to it, and I started realizing that all the bands that I listened to, this was done 30 years before, you know? Like, I was like, wow, like, it blew my mind. And I, I literally turned into, like, the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan ever around that time. And I learned, I learned, listened to all of his stuff, and I learned, learned all the words and everything and tried to learn as much about him. And then I started playing his music and, like, you know, just copying those kind of songs, which are really intricate parts. Right. So, like that was that was good. Right. Um, so um, 
uh, some things like like Bruce Springsteen's songs was you know really inspiring, really inspiring. And I try to you know write songs that were epic in my in my mind. That's songs that are, that that attract me now are songs that are epic. And I call epic songs that have big builds, that have big messages, um, you know, huge parts of just music in general. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'll say. We should do a sound check with you someday. A sound check. There's huh? a there's a podcast that does sound checks. It's it's that Pulp MX. They um, they do sound checks with pro riders. Okay. With pro motocross riders, or people in the media or whoever, and it is so cool because you get to see the other side of that professional, and they basically give you their top ten songs in oh, their wow. life, and it may span their life. So it may be a song. Song number one may be from when you were twenty. Yeah. All the way through till today. Wow, that's kind but of cool. It's a, and then it's you see the wild. breakdown, see what changes, yes. and stuff like that. We're gonna get a sound check out of you, I think. But um, but anyway, so why don't we move on because there's quite a few here. So, all right, let's move on to your core channel group. Okay. And look at one of the core channel guys is right behind us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and big boy, don't be afraid to get involved in this one. So I wanted to move on to your channel group. How did this band of brothers come together? Each and every one of them is amazing. It's crazy, uh, absolutely insane. When I look back at, like, or I look at the group of guys and I see how each of them play their part and where they came from, it's pretty wild. The oldest two people, like, of the channel is. I mean, clearly it's going to be my brother. Um, you know, actually, no, I might have met Vinny before I met my little brother. Before my little brother was born, I might have met Vinny. Um, went for, through racing. I met Corey and Vinny. So both of them um, came to the track and then they transferred over to riding freestyle. So Corey and Vinny are the oldest two I know. Um, then we have, you know, clearly my little brother's my little brother. Uh, pretty amazing that, you know, he rides BMX, especially as good as he, do, as he does. And, and he has a pretty interesting BMX story as well. Like he, he you know, kind of didn't really ride too much for having a skate park and whatnot. He kind of started riding a lot when he was about 14. That's right. when he found out on his own. Um, after that, you know, there's uh, guys like BK, who I've known since high school, since I was a freshman. I met him riding behind uh, some store in Jackson, and he's kept on riding, which is pretty amazing. Uh, then you have Ricky. I've known Ricky through the skate park since about 2006 or seven around there. Okay. Um, uh, we have the big boy I met through the skate park, you know, him showing up here, riding, um, doing flares, yeah. hanging out with Maddie, um, uh-huh. and that's kind of how I became friends with him, was through my little brother and big boy developing a relationship, and then me riding with my little brother every day, I you know, started hanging out with him through that. And the whole channel group in general, like, you, it's just... It's amazing to see everybody has different bikes everybody has different riding styles and it's like wow how are these guys how do these guys ride together yeah and you have guys like mike shimek who grew up riding the skate park um it's uh it's pretty amazing like this i'm really proud this is one of the most things i'm proud of about the channel was giving these guys a platform to get recognition for what they do on their bike um, I mean, Corey's, Corey's done some amazing tricks out there, and there's times where he's just underneath the radar because it's just the way BMX works like that. It's it's hard to get traction out there because the platforms, you know, maybe they only put certain riders up, maybe they only put certain friends of friends, and having the YouTube channel, 
gave all these guys a platform to showcase their riding and like just seeing like their following go up on Instagrams and stuff like that was really really cool to see that's something I'm the most proud of throughout it all that is cool and I like that there's there's some I don't want to say interchangeable because that's the wrong word for it but you've got people that come in and out like Jared Heitzman or or Ed Roby or, yeah. or people like that I think that's really really cool that these people can mesh in you know here and there and well and Dom and his brother yep you know that's really cool yeah too. Dom yeah like having Dom because Augie is Dom's cousin and I grew up riding with Augie Augie moved away and Dom I knew it was Augie's cousin and like he just started coming to skate park and just kept like getting better and better like this yeah. was so cool seeing Dom's done some amazing stuff yeah and like I I would have never thought that all of us would be this close and this tight throughout all this time. Sure. Um, it's 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 really cool. I'm I'm like uh, I've I, I've been thinking about this lately actually. Like there's times where I just sit back and I just think about the whole situation. Like, okay, we're a bunch of guys that get together. We film videos. Like, you know, the channel makes money. Now I'm able to get these guys money for riding. Like, and and that's it's crazy. I never thought yeah. that was gonna happen ever. Right. Ever, but it's it's a really cool experience. And a lot of this this money through the channel through YouTube was post injury, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's definitely. I mean, a majority of the stuff, like let's just say how YouTube works. You know, you make money off of ads. I didn't know that at first when I started the channel, but yeah, you can make money off of just having ads and videos. Right. So the guys, you know, like whatever, I I pay them to you know be in the videos through mm -hmm. the ad money. Right. But then there's still times where you know, let's just say companies come in and they you know would like to do a video and like kind of talk about their product at the same time right which gives us more money to be able to sure. you know, distribute around and whatnot so sure. it's yeah. pretty wild actually really crazy it is it's a, it's amazing it's working out like that so i get the feeling that there's a a straight edge vibe in the in the crew um, and i mean that in, in like a kind of a, a bigger encompassing way um, it's it's very family oriented in other words anyone can watch it in the family and and you guys do a great job at it is are the people in that core crew channel crew of similar minds when it comes to habits we'll say or well definitely Joe uh, does that make any sense 100% it does and, and the answer is yes um when we started the channel, we were a little bit looser, you know, we would joke around and curse and stuff like that, and then I kind of saw our audience was such diverse of age, yeah. and I sat back and I just said, hey, you know what, we don't need to curse to, to make jokes or anything like that, right. let's, let's, let's keep this PG, so, right, so to say, right, like, right. And, and as for everything else, when it comes to drug references or anything like that, that's one thing I, I hate, I hate drug references I hate I, I've never drank before I've never done drugs I've never smoked or anything like that mm -hmm. so do I hate people that do it no uh, it's right. just, this is not for me and I, I just that's just natural for me to not do anything referencing those kind of things sure. um, but yes the channel guys is the reason why you know these guys are the guys from the channel is because we all have very similar similar interests and, and they're all good people that's why that's why we kind of all I mean kind of stayed the way we are because everybody is a good person everybody has uh, good morals and stuff like that and we right. we try to keep that kind of momentum right. i picked up on it 
within the first couple months of watching. Yes. It's a move that was that's wise because you do limit your audience. And yeah. What are some characteristics of your best friends and family that are important to you? Loyalty is huge. Everybody that I'm friends with and everybody that, you know, are family-wise and whatnot, everyone has loyalty to, to the group, to themselves. You know, everybody is, makes the best conscious decisions, uh, things like that. Um, for me, that's, that's the main thing. It's just, we're, not, we're not here to... I, we don't have any friends like in our group or, or family or anything like that that's trying to pull one over on another. Everybody has the best intentions, you know, and, and that, that's, that's the biggest characteristic for, for our group. That's awesome. Yep. And that goes a long ways. As soon as you have identified that loyalty, I'm sure that, that sticks. Of course. You know, because you can't... You can't pretend to be loyal. Well, you could. You, you can, but it's you only going to last so it. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're eventually going to get caught on that one. Exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to some Instagram uh, questions that cool. came came through my handle anyway. And uh, let's see. In a recent interview of mine with uh, Superfly, John Scavarla, he talked about you ripping up Kiko first run and this was part of the pedal to metal tour in 2008 with fox yeah and it was it was a super underground meetup at the trails so much so that he said there was a code name on the flyer i don't know if you remember that but i don't remember the <laughs> i don't remember the code name on the flyer do you remember the trails yes All that right. was cool that was one of my favorite places i've ever ridden dirt because i never ridden a place like that before when I was younger, we used to build some trails, but we never rode a place that big, that dedicated, and that spot was cool. Yeah. It was amazing. And I remember, because I knew who Superfly was when I was younger, when I used to ride, just from seeing them, like, you know, in wherever it would be, like a magazine or sure. videos, or even at, like, the the bigger local races that I'd run into them at. Mm-hmm. And, and so for him to let us go there was really, really cool. Yeah. And that place was a trip. It was such an awesome spot. I loved it. And that trip that trip in general, that whole Pell to Metal thing was great. We rode a lot of really cool places. Who else was on that trip again? He told Ooh, me, but I man, forgot. I'm going, I'm going to try my hardest here. This is a really long time ago, but Corey Bowen, Brian Foster, Mike Aiken, I believe, was there. Um, I'm trying to go back. Oh, Ruben Alcantara was there. I'm trying to go back and think about it all. Not nostalgia, not nasty. Nope, no, definitely not. Okay. Um, there was. I have a. It's funny. There is a poster hanging up over there. The Pell to Metal poster. Really? Yeah. Okay. The, the, so it's hard to remember. I just know those are. That's the only names that are coming to my mind right now. That, that sounds very familiar as to what he said. So yeah. Remind me. I'll grab a picture. Those are of that the definite ones. Yeah. We have. I have the poster, the poster over there. But I, those are the ones that are in my mind right now. At least. That's that's awesome. He said it was the most memorable day ever at those trails. Really? That's, that's yeah. cool. He, he's he had still, some heavy hitters. He still day. talks about it to this day. And, you know, I, I just think it's awesome. And, he, and he's a great guy. And he's, he's a really entertaining interview if you go back and listen to that's his. Cool. He's, he was really good. And he talks about that day. Um, but it's, it's pretty amazing. But apparently first run, like... You, you barely check the place out and you you tail whip one of the biggest sets there 
there was a big jump there that was terrifying. It was the biggest jump I ever jumped, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and I, remember, I still remember I think it's called at Creature, thing. I think. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but it's, That jump was huge. It's it was at the end of the huge. line, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Bottom it of the hill. Crazy. It's, it's so it's downhill. A, it, we I call it a Long Island 30, but it's, it, which means it could be 29 and a half. <laughs> it could be, anyway, it's, it's a 30 footer and it's far. It's really far. I remember it was the first time I seen it jump that big. <laughs> and the way that they're built, um, you know, like the backsides of the, of the lip and the landing were really steep. So it mm. made it that much, it made it look that much further away from one another. <laughs> and I yeah. was just thinking in my head, like, well, like, here we are, here, let's do this. Yeah. And, like, I remember like following the guys a little bit and like, uh, it was a really amazing time, but that was cool. Yeah. Well, you left an impression for sure. All right, so I just came from a Delecki interview, and he's got a question for you. This is a really good one. Andy says hello, by the way. That's he, awesome. And, and you may remember that the flyer that we made for your jam was a picture that he took at the Brooklyn Bank's Halloween jam. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, there's a lot of tie tie-ins with Delecki. He's, he's just an awesome guy, and I've known him since he was a kid because we used to race together. So he's he's just a great guy. He says, what was it like learning how to double peg grind during the first days of the Incline Club while being instantly immersed in a strong local scene with Garrett Burns, John Jennings, etc.? Wow, that's a really cool question. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited to ask that. He's a cool guy. Uh, you know, Delecky. Uh, I remember, I'm just going to bring up this one Delecky memory real quick. Okay. Delecky blew my mind because I knew him as a racer. I never knew he was a freestyle guy. And he showed up in my skate park. And Delecky, uh, the, I mean, he was notorious for this kind of riding style, but I realized that real quick. He did these crazy grinds. Like, he had pegs on. But he would do double peg grinds, but he would like contort his bike and flick it real quick to lean into a double peg grind, but his pegs wouldn't touch like the coping. But he would grind almost like the whole ramp. And like, it was the craziest thing to see. And like I remember just watching him and just realizing like the amount of bike control that Rob had at that point. And like that that's pretty wild. Like yeah. I, I mean hopefully some people have video of this out there because it was really cool. But anyway, like the whole thing of uh the question at least yeah i remember when we first opened the skate park i remember being on the half by the, the the mini ramp at the time it was 60 foot wide it was a really cool mini it was very mellow for 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 a, a mini ramp how wide it was 60 foot the mini ramp so here yep yeah, it was pretty right where we were standing wow it was it literally started one foot to the right of us so uh, that particular wall, so the mini ramp started right here and uh -huh. went all the way to that wall. So that's 60 foot from there to there. Um, wow. So Did you know this big boy? It was a uh, 60 foot mini ramp? It's an old one. Nobody's oh. seen this one. Wow. So uh, that riding that ramp and then like having all the big wig guys come there, Garrett Burns, John Jennings, one of my favorite riders, uh, the guy that had one of the biggest impacts on me was Brad Gethard. Brad Gethard was one of their crew, you know, one of Jennings and Garrett's crew. And Brad, he rode how I wanted to ride. He did tricks and he he went high and he rode powerful and he was a little guy too. So like, and for me being younger, I'm like, that's, that's what I want to be right there. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like learning these new tricks and then seeing like Brad Gethard show up and just completely just this half life to shreds like was so cool like I remember learning the grinds I, I knocked myself out 
the first week the skate park opened. It might have been the first two days because I started learning double peg grinds. Got that one. And then I, I started, I did Smith grind. Got that one. Feeble grind was easy to get into and it was easy to grind. But when you go to jump in, your front wheel's on the coping. So my front wheel stuck and I fell to the flat and hit my head and light, lights out real quick on that one. Um, <laughs> but that was a really cool experience. Seeing those guys yeah. show up and then it would be every, it would, they were coming a lot in the beginning. So yeah. it would be every night. There would usually be like Metallica playing or some kind of heavy song, like, and yeah. the sessions would just light on fire. And really? It was so amazing. I remember like uh, Derek from Little Devils coming here with yeah, like Alois and them. Yeah, and he he was the first guy I ever saw air this vert wall, the big vert vert wall, and like that was huge. Um, and then we'd have Pat Julep showing up and, and doing Pat Julep stuff, and there was just such a big. Just the sessions back then were some of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. and to be the young guy and to kind of sit back and watch it because I wasn't a guy that was up in your face or asking yeah. questions or anything like that. I just sat back and enjoyed the show. That's all I wanted to do. I, I didn't. The, for me to be a part of it, I didn't want to be in it. I wanted to watch it. That's that's what was important to me. Right. So like, if those guys ever talked to me, uh, that would have made my day. But I wouldn't have said a word to them and just kind of just do my thing. Um, but that's kind of a cool question that he that he said that. Cause oh yeah. So many memories from this place. That's yeah. It, it, it was a good one for sure. How long ago was that, by the way? Approximately. That was we opened up the skate park January 29th, year 2000. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. It's been a long time. It'll be so you were years this January. I was 13 when the skate park opened. I just turned 13. So were you doing uh, racing in in uh, for a little bit? Park for I raced overlap. Probably six months or so, and then I quit oh, okay. racing. Got it. Kind of skate park was where I wanted to be right. after that. Right. All right. Here's another one. Brant Brant Morris, guy from Ohio, super nice guy from Cleveland. Uh, he's at first. He says, "When are you coming to race?" That, that could be a hopefully this winter. Okay. All right. Good enough. What is your first BMX memory? My first BMX memory? Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember the first time I learned how to jump was on a Huffy radio rocker. It was a it was a Huffy bike. The handlebar had no crossbar, and there was a radio that was that was in the middle of there. And you would get one static AM channel, and it sounded a little bit like country music. Uh, so I had that bike, and I met this, I met these guys that lived in my neighborhood that rode, and they said, "Hey, we got you got to come with us to Paul's house." And Paul lived right outside my neighborhood. We lived in this little trailer park. Hey, Scotty. Hey, what's the new sign up? Oh, sure. Yeah. Did you guys get a morphine? I'll do it. Oh, you guys get a morphine. They're ready to go. Look at those shirts. They're awesome, man. Are you want to leave it on? Yeah, for sure. Hey, big boy, can you do me one little favor before you go? When you're done. Just grab a picture of the two of us doing the interview and then maybe send it to me. That'd be awesome. Or something. And I'll, 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 I'll use it when I post up the interview. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd awesome. be great. Thanks. So my first um All right. so I so I started jumping that bike and I remember being down by the mailboxes and I uh, and I started jumping off this curb. Oh actually we were going to Paul's. So I went to Paul's and Paul had a. Uh, Paul had a, the nicest bike I've ever seen in my life at this point. It was a, it was a Harrow Fusion. It had like the aluminum bars with the uh, with the removable crossbar on it. Oh, Paul man. Had, yeah, racing plate on it. The windows or something. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, so 
what ended up happening uh, was I started hanging out at that house and he started teaching me how to jump. Well, yeah. pretty much saying, hey, jump this. <laughs> and I learned from there, putting um, old tires underneath pieces of wood. Yeah. And then we started building some dirt jumps. So those are my first BMX memories right there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Kaylin Duff, what is your favorite part about riding? My favorite part about riding is, is the freedom in riding BMX. That's, that was the main thing for me. It was such an escape. It was such an enjoyable thing for me. Like learning new tricks and challenging myself. Challenges is probably my, my favorite part about riding BMX. Because you do it on your own pace and it all comes down to you. There's nobody that gets in the way between you and learning new tricks besides yourself. And overcoming, overcoming those kind of things. It kept me so happy, I was so intrigued in riding because every day I would challenge myself, whether it be in a parking lot, whether it be at a skate park, I just always wanted to get better. And that, that's probably the favorite, my favorite thing, was just the freedom of challenging myself, I'd say. Right, perfect. All right, uh, Nathan Jew. how has your, uh, how has your view of the bike changed since the accident? Uh, my view of the bike hasn't changed at all since the accident. I'd say I've always I've always been a careful person. I've always I always made you know decisions riding my bike that were always in my favor. I was never trying to hurt myself riding. But I had an accident and it wasn't the bike's fault at all. Um, there's nothing I hold against that bike that did this to me. I'm, I'm just bummed that I can't ride it like I used to anymore. So there's nothing against the bike. I, I, that's, that's never been the issue for me. And it's still the same. It's still, it's still, it still does exactly what it, what it did to me for other people out there. But I don't have, I don't have any, there's nothing about, about my bike that, that I hate or despise or you yeah. know, anything like that. It's nothing just- Nothing changed. Yeah, it's just, I changed, my body changed. Sure, got it. Uh, do you have the marker still? I don't know who had it. You got it. I'll do it. So here's another one. This one's from Josh Hayes. Really nice guy. What was it like going to Metro Jams when you were 15, 16 and riding with the legends? That was cool. So Metro Jam, uh, Josh knows, is my first contest uh, that I entered professionally. I was terrified for my life. I remember <laughs> going into the event, my mom, or sorry, my dad and my, my, my friends were like, you should enter pro. And I said, heck no. I was like, I don't deserve it. I don't want to enter pro. I just want to go and watch. I'll do amateur. But they're sitting there trying to tell me you're too good for amateur. And I didn't see it that way because I looked at these pros like they were superheroes. This is only two or three years after you stopped racing. Yeah, exactly. It's just, this is was, pretty quick. I, was, I just turned 16 at this point. Wow. Yeah, I just turned 16. Okay, so, so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it was March, uh, I believe, of, two, of whatever year that was. I was 16 years old. Yeah. And I went to the Metro Jam, and they signed me up in pro, and I got on the practice course, and every one of my idols was there. Every big name, Alistair Witten, Ruben Alcantara, John Heaton, um, it just kept on going and going. I could be here all day naming everybody. Right. And I didn't practice pretty much at all. They, uh, I, was just, I didn't want to get in anybody's way. I didn't want to – I just wanted to – just enjoy it, and I remember being so scared. I remember dropping in and like getting like two tricks done, and I went into the competition, 
uh, I, I remember I couldn't eat because I was so nervous. My, like, like I just, I just had diarrhea constantly, so understandable. I eat. Yeah. Um, and they called my name. And they had me in this heat. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was in my heat exactly. I remember Jamie Spritzer was in my heat. I remember him, and I remember seeing him in videos, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and I rode, and I did my best, and I actually landed like everything, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I, I flip whipped the hip. I did um, wall ride to tail whip. I did invert foot plant from channel to channel. So like a channel invert foot plant. So you have to jump really far, and it's such a big jump you have to skip your foot across it. So like it was kind of cool. Like nobody would do, was doing it at the time. And wow. I uh, I did the run, and when qualifying came in and my name was at the top, I almost had a heart attack, and that changed my life. That you that qualified first. Qualified first, and literally. Uh, everybody was coming up to me, talking to me, introducing themselves, yeah. and I, it was crazy. That's when um, Alan Foster, the old BMX racer, yeah, yeah. Ryan's brother, sure. he was running felt bikes at the time, like yeah. the, the BMX part, and he asked me to be on felt. That's when Vans uh, sponsored me, was because of that weekend. Okay. And um, also, I remember there's a magazine that came out. I think it was. I don't think it was Trans. It might have been Transworld actually. It could have been Transworld, or it might have been BMX Plus, and. The when they covered the the contest, the whole background of of the event, like that on the picture, it says, "Who's Scotty Kramer?" with a question mark. It, yeah. That's where it just repeated all over the background. Right. Like it was crazy. Like, yeah. um, especially for my 16 year old self to see this. Yeah. And there was there out of like the whole entire article, you know, maybe they have like six or seven pictures of the article. Three of them was of me riding so like that's when like i didn't it didn't never hit me until i'm old enough now to realize it but like that's uncalled like that's you never see that ever like yeah. so i i must have made a pretty big impression that day oh um, my gosh i'd yeah. say so so that's so riding that was a life-changing moment let's just say that wow good question josh all right here's another one from josh he says, what is your least and most favorite part about your family owning a skate park? Um, my least favorite part about, I'll go, I'll start with that first. My least yeah. favorite part about my family owning a skate park, uh, when I was younger, this was, and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, go this way anymore, but sure. people would say, oh, he's only good because he rides a skate park, because his parents own a yeah, skate yeah. park. Um, so like, I, that kind of hurt me when I was younger. I didn't, li- I didn't like that because... I would ride the skate park a decent amount, but I didn't live here. I'd ride curbs with my friends. I'd be riding street every day. My, my parents would get mad at me for not riding the skate park. They'd be like, sure. you have this park, why aren't you coming here? And I just, because I kind of want to make it a point that I could ride everything. Right. Um, so that was my least favorite part about owning the skate park. My favorite part about it was, is definitely the fact that you have your own skate park. That's definitely going to be the, 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 no, that's a no-brainer. You know, having right, this place right. at your disposal and knowing whatever, I, whatever I wanted to do here, it was up to me. I could go walk wherever. I come out on the course and do whatever I wanted to. That right. was always the biggest main thing about it. Uh, was the, was my favorite part about it. Sure. But also, uh, one of the underground favorite things about this was the amount of people I've met through here and the amount of friends I've made because of this place. That's definitely uh, an unspoken favorite part about owning this place. Yeah. Great. All right, this one is from Tasha Lindman. She is the TJL photo. She did yep. a bunch of photos from the Halloween Jam. Really awesome, awesome woman. Oh, and she great. did all of the flyers for both your both your jams that yeah. we held. So anyway, 
favorite BMX photo of yourself and why? My favorite BMX photo of myself? Yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. And why? Hey, yo, can you grab my bike real quick? It's in the back of my truck. Thank you. Oof, my favorite BMX photo and why? And this I know this is because, one. and don't forget, I I don't know your pre-injury life. Yeah. So I don't realize that you probably have thousands of photos. So this is probably a difficult question. Yeah, this is cool. This is a really cool question. My favorite and why? Could be based on location, just yeah. the way everything came together. Um, hey, what's up? Can you get, can you get us a picture? Yeah, sure. Um, where are you guys at? Where, who's taking a photo? He's taking a photo? Okay, cool. I'll take You want me to take it of all you guys? I could take it. I'll take it of all you guys. So my favorite picture of BMX was definitely one from my ride interview. When I did my ride interview, I put a lot of effort into that. And when I did the uh, when I did the bar spin off of the pillar into, or well, from the bridge pillar into the skinny part of the pillar, I was really proud of that photo. I, I thought that was that was something that was I don't know. It was like kind of a work of art to me. Like I just wanted a cool coolest things I've did and to have it documented and to have it as the cover of the magazine I thought was was pretty amazing I, I remember seeing the photo you know on the magazine and it just took me back and I was like wow that's that's cool Dude, where was this taken uh, this was taken in California it was uh, there was a ditch and the bridge uh, that went across it there's concrete pillars that hold it up but instead of being pillars that went straight down they were pillars that were shaped in arches Oh, okay. And they were about a foot wide, and they went all they went straight down to the ground. And I, uh, I there's a the part that holds the bridge. I jumped off of that, far spinned into that thing. It, I actually have the photo. It's right on the wall over there. It's, uh, it's uh, wow. the, the okay. cover of the magazine. If you see where the green window is, yes, two to the right. Oh, it's framed. That's the cover. Yeah, and that's the cover right and there. About when was that? That was in 2010. 10? Or maybe could have been. I think it was December of 2010. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. So I'll take a picture of that too. I got lots of pictures to take on my way out. Uh, woman named Allie Wolf. 
she's from Florida. She says she's met you before. Yeah, yeah. And she she doesn't uh, she doesn't have a question. She doesn't have anything more than praise for you. She's met you before and wants to thank you for being such an inspiration for anyone going through a bad injury. So it's oh, a really nice comment from Allie, and uh, she's friends with uh, Chelsea Fietz. Yeah, I, I just met uh, Allie. She was really, really nice, and she had a spinal cord injury as well. She did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. She, okay. She had a pretty crazy injury herself, and she's healing from it, so it was really, yeah. really great to talk to her and, and kind of uh, relate to each other's injuries. Absolutely, yeah. And her, her friend Chelsea had... Had a pretty serious injury too, uh, neck injury as well, and she was actually in my first interview. Oh, Chelsea wow. was. She was up in Connecticut. And anyway, uh, super interesting woman and really, really smart. She knows. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. Really cool. Anyway, uh, Laura Pernes. She's um, she's a big fan of you. She was at the Trumbull Jam. She says such an amazing day at the jam. It was great meeting you and the gang. So these are more comments. And another one, uh, Heather uh, Josek, she's under RWD Heather on, on Instagram. Been bringing a couple women to uh, Women's Weekends and, and kind of you know, doing my best to, to push that end of things yeah. because it's, there's definitely a strong women's contingent and hopefully that continues. So anyway, that's how I know her. And she wants to know what you love most about BMX. I know that's a we tough kinda, one, we but kind of answered that one a little bit. Before. Yeah, I think I think we actually. You know, I'll just I'll just give her a different answer because you said, "What do you like most like about BMX?" And I said, "Challenging." Oh, right, right, right. So okay. Similar, right. Hey, the answer is the answer. Challenges are your your favorite part about it. Yeah. And that's learning, learning tricks, just uh, challenges in general. There's a new There's a new ripper out there. His name's Nate Karen. He's from up our way. He's from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And um, he's an amazing trail rider and park rider, and we up our way think he's 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 uh, hopefully the a good next generation kid. Oh, cool! So his question is probably related to that. It says, "How did you view BMX growing up versus now?" That's a really good question. How did I view BMX growing up? It's, this is different because when my growing up part of BMX that I see is. Uh, before I was professional, and, and now it's it, it turned into a job. So, but then kind of, that was when I used to be able to ride for a living as well. So, but being grown up now, compared to when I was younger viewing BMX, BMX was BMX is amazing when I was younger. I think I grew up in the best time for BMX. I think in the uh, mid to late 90s and early 2000s, BMX was at its peak of of growing and. Um, now, I think I think BMX was really open and it was really new to a lot of people back then. And I loved it. BMX was the world to me. Um, but now, once I once I started riding professionally and it became my job, my view completely changed on BMX because instead of me watching the videos about all the pros, I wasn't watching them like that anymore because it was like competing against them. As weird as that sounds. Right, right. So, so BMX, you're less of a fan, yeah. more of a Exactly, and I, I, that, that, that was like, that was the worst part of being a professional BMX rider, especially at 16, was kind of growing up quick, in a way. Um, so that's the difference that I've seen between the two, but how do I see it now, if that's the question? Um, mm-hmm. I want to help BMX grow at this point. Where I'm at, 
I want to be able to give kids the, the ability to grow up and love BMX the way I did. And now I see it as, as a challenge where I want to take and push BMX to more people and try to do my part by getting BMX to where, where I think it could be. And uh, so that's, it's kind of, I'm seeing it differently, you know, I'm seeing it from a fan but now I'm also seeing it, I, well, I've seen BMX from a fan's point of view from when I was younger, but now I'm seeing it as almost like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like I'm trying to do my part in a way. Like, I'm yeah. a, I'm a part, I feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of BMX now. Right. And I feel like I need to do my part in making it better and bigger. That's so, I, I see it from as a fan and I feel like I'm officially part of it now. That makes awesome sense and the reason is because when we've all had such great experiences with BMX in life, like I have and you have, mm -hmm. uh, I'm back because I'm paying BMX back for what it did for me. We talked about this before. So yeah, and that's exactly what I'm here for so and, it, and I'm passionate about it so whether it's racing riding park as we always say it doesn't matter what two wheels you're on just be on two wheels yeah. you know so I like what you're doing I like that big boy race I like that Ricky race you know <laughs> that type of stuff is great you know it's and then of course the park stuff but um, I like it I, I like that answer for sure and um, okay uh, one more from Tasha, and we're almost done. Okay, cool. Her, her question is, craziest photo shoot experience ever? Oh, gosh. Oh, this is a funny one. You're going to like this one. Okay. All right. This is, story is ridiculous. This is the... Uh, people, when I tell them the story, like they just can't even handle it. <laughs> All right, so I got this phone call when I was 18 years old. I was doing good BMX wise. I mean, I won gold medal that year, yeah. and things were going great. I got this phone call from my agent saying that Rolling Stones wants to do a photo shoot with me. Rolling Stone magazine. Really? Yeah. Sounds cool, huh? What? Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> so far. Okay. So, and then I, I remember them saying, okay, it's a really famous photographer that's gonna be taking the photo. Yeah. Um, and, and they said, oh, it's Dave LaChapelle. And I was like, I know Dave LaChapelle. I was like, well, I watch the E! channel all the time. Yeah. Like, I watch the MTV a ton. And yeah. I remember him being on the red carpet with Pam Anderson. And I was like, I yeah. know who that guy is. All right. I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So they said, so we're going to fly you out to California. You're going to shoot yeah. with them. Right. And we're going to get the, the article for the magazine. There was a couple right. other people that were doing it, too. I think, uh, I think uh, Twitch did it. Sean White did it. Maybe Lindsay Adams Hawking, uh, different Lindsay sports Adams. though. Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple different, different sports. sports. Yeah, I was yeah. like the BMX one. Uh -huh. And I show up in California. Yeah. And I get to. It, there was a, my team manager for Fox at the time. She was bringing me around to the place, and they brought me to um, the studio. So I go right. to the studio. I go in there. It was cool as heck. There was a there was a old old Rolls Royce that was um, had painted like flowers all over it, and there was like all those like infinity really? walls that were in there. I was like, yeah. this is kind of cool. And then they're like, all right, well, take a seat down, take a seat real quick, and um, here, if you want, you know, you can check through um, uh, Mr. LaChapelle's uh, portfolio or book or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm sitting down there by myself, and I'm opening up every page, and I'm like, whoa, 
Naomi Campbell naked. Whoa, <laughs> Drew Barrymore naked. I'm like, whoa. And I just keep on opening up all these things. And I'm like. Soon to be Scotty Kramer naked. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is kind of crazy. I was like, this is, whatever, this is California. A lot of different New Jersey. I guess anything goes out here. So they're like, okay, we got to go rush over to the uh, location where the shoot is. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So I believe it was La Cienga Boulevard is where we pulled up. There's this, there's a, there was a place called Trashy Lingerie, yeah. is the name of it. So we pull up front there, literally pull up. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. It's like rush hour. It's jam-packed. Yeah. And I get out, and there's a lot going on. There's a van out there where he has it all set up. He's got, like, his flashes and whatnot. And they go, they go um, oh, here's Scotty. Scotty's here. And uh, Dave Ashton, this is Scotty. Scotty, great to work with you. We're so excited about the shoot. The shoot's going to be amazing. Um, so what we're gonna do, we're gonna make it look like you had a crazy accident and you're gonna be riding your BMX bike down the road like you just don't care, like you don't give it, you don't give a damn. I'm like, okay, sounds great to me. I was like, um, so he's like, right, so we gotta go get you dressed right now because we were running out of time. So I go into Trashy Lingerie, it's 8 a.m., there's girls walking around there, they're definitely, you know, the, the stuff that they were wearing was a, was a little early for that kind of stuff. So they put me in the changing room and they hand me uh, a bag of whatever to wear. So I open it up and there's a skin colored Speedo in there. That was it. I'm like, I'm like, hey guys, there's, I'm like, uh, there's only this in there. I'm like, do you guys have anything else for me to wear? And I said, nope, that's what you're gonna put on. Cause uh, we're gonna put like, we're gonna put like a cast on you and whatnot. How's it going, man? How are you? Doing good. Doing I haven't good. seen you in a really long yeah. time, man, but. How's everything? Good, man, I thought we So I, uh, I, I'm like, there's nothing left. They're like, oh, we're gonna put cast on you and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, they're gonna put a body cast on me. I'm like, weird, but okay, well, let's do it. So I, um, I put the thing on, they're like, just come out when you're ready. And I'm wearing a skin colored Speedo and I'm 18 years old and I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, okay, for Rolling Stone, let's do this. I walk out of this place and, uh, and, and the girls were looking at me like the, they, were, they were all down with it. They were all cool about it. Because I was in a place called Trashy Lingerie, so you know <laughs> anything goes. So they open up the front door, and I'm, they're leading me out there. I'm like, okay, I'm going in the van to get casted or whatever. I'm like, uh -huh. this is going to be a really awkward walk of shame right here. It's rush hour. There's a ton of people at this at this place. Tons, okay. Yeah. There's people in cars and whatnot, and then I get on my, they, I, I'm like walking to the van. They're like, okay, it's go time, team. Bring out my bike, throws the helmet on me, starts spraying a water bottle on me, and then putting like fake dirt on me. And I'm like, oh my god, this is weird. They're like, okay, sit in your bike. And then they, they come over with a with a cast and an arm cast. That was it. One that went on my hand and went halfway up my forearm. <laughs> all right, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, oh crap. I'm like, all right. So they're gonna they're gonna put this in afterwards, a full body cast, I suppose. So they're like, okay, we need you to look. Just give us a look, like you don't give a shit, you know, like, or don't give a damn. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I was like, okay. I'm like, yeah. kind of like posing and you're like oh right. great great sit down just like that perfect yep all right yeah. beautiful and then people are honking at me beep, beep. give me <laughs> thumbs up on the side of the road i'm like oh my god <laughs> so 
I, uh, I leave that photo shoot and I am like, they're not going to put clothes on me, are they? And then I'm like, this is not good. And at this point, I'm going to church. My mom goes to church every week. And I'm like, this cannot go out in the public. I'm like, there's no way my mom could go to church with me being naked and rolling stone. I'm like, this can't happen. So I called up my agent. My agent's like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get laughed out of BMX. I can't do this. Right, like, right. So he's like, fine, we're done. You don't have to do it. He's like, pull the plug on it. Your yeah. photo won't be used. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, that is what it is. Yeah. So I was about 20 years old at this point, yeah. and I get a, I was, I was in New Zealand, and my girlfriend at the time was with me, and she's like, oh my God, I'm like, what? She goes on the staff mail order, the, the, the mail order that was from here. They went, um, they went on Dave LaChapelle's website, and they found the photo he had on his website. It was of me naked on the bike, um, and they ended up taking the, the photo and setting it as a freaking home screen on, on staff mail order. So she clicked it for some reason. I have no idea why she was on that website. And I was like, I called them up from New Zealand. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like laughing at it. They loved it. Right, right. I'm like, get that off, man. I was yeah. so, but BMX already saw it and heard of it. So they yeah. went, went on all the websites at that point. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I'm really mad that I didn't get to go into it. Rolling Stone because I could have been in Rolling Stone magazine. You may as you well been. Exactly. Yeah. They already used it. So. What's the difference? But like people... People like I'll tell the story and like I I had like people in BMX that were like listen that's my favorite favorite photographer of all time like that's such a huge honor I'm like yeah, well right. you know, he likes to shoot people naked I suppose I'm like I, uh, it is what it is man like crazy though that's my craziest photo shoot story that, the photo's still online if you go search I mean I, I, no, it, it sounds no, weird I'm good no, sounds I'm weird good. typing it in but no, yeah you can no, search not, for it I'm not typing it in I'll send it to you get a camera naked something I know. <laughs> I'll send it to I'll, you, Joe. I'll pass. And if, if you spam me in the middle of the night with it, that's it's a, hilarious. That's, that's it's hilarious. You. You'll laugh so so it's, hard. It's, they photoshopped it off of me, so I'm sitting sideways. I look like Terminator. Terminator when he when he comes out and he's in the kneel position, it looks like that. Yeah, but that's my funny story. Oh my God, this is gonna be one of those things that I'll never be able to unsee once I've seen it. Oh, it's, it's not bad, Joe. It's not bad. All right. Okay. Last couple questions, and we're good. So, someone by the name of Yeah Buddy PW on Instagram, Phil Wasson, says, Phil Yeah. Really? Yeah. The Phil Wasson. The Phil Wasson. Phil Wasson. Phil Wasson, but you got to educate me. W-A-S-S-O-N? Yes. Wow. I was just thinking about Phil Wasson a couple days ago. Yeah? Yeah. What's the connection? So, Phil Wasson is an amazing BMX rider. Really? When I was younger, I remember my... This guy that I used to ride for, his name's George Hornig, and he had sponsored George, uh, George, uh, sorry, he sponsored, sponsored Phil um, for the shoe company that he owned at the time, called Anopia, and he he described Phil as the white Ruben, referring to uh, Ruben Akatera, and yeah. Phil was sick, he had so much style, and he was so original, and he yeah. was, he's a sick rider, so if that is the Phil Lawson, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think so, but I'll, I'll find out, because yeah. he, he, he messaged on there, so I'll, I'll reply to it, but wow. um, his question is, is there a spot that stands out that you missed out riding because of your schedule? You know, so basically, you got rushed, you, you yeah. just didn't get to hit a spot that you really wanted to. Yeah. So or you could say, you know, even because of your injuries or something you missed out on. Yeah, no, and I, that's why I'm kind of going with that kind of mindset. Yeah, we you just, go either way with it. We just went through a couple skate parks in Florida, and I'm like, man, I'm so mad I never came here before yeah. and rode it. The spot that I missed out on, um, I 
Like I always, here's one thing that just popped in my head. Like I, I wanted to go to, I think it's, it's somewhere in Tennessee. I don't know if it's Nashville or Memphis. I think it's Nashville. There's like this sidewalk and it looks like a little box jump. And I always wanted to go there and ride that. And that yeah. was something I always wanted to do and I never got a chance to. Um, so that's one that I feel like I missed out on yeah. not being able to go to. We talked about going there once for like the Ride Magazine interview. I wanted to go there and like see what I could pull on it. Right. But I never got to go there. So uh, let's just say that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Hey, it's a goal. Uh, and another one from him. Do you have any photographers that you like to work with? Any any photographers in particular that stick out to you? I've worked with so many amazing I mean, so this many. isn't to slight anyone else, but someone that you felt close with, maybe. Yeah. Even. Again? <laughs> He's hated. He hated. Yeah. So, uh, photographer-wise, one of my favorites. I'm gonna go with Jeff Solinsky because um, when I was when when I was younger, I remember seeing Jeff as you know a huge photographer, um, and I remember shooting with him here at the skate park when I was 17, and it was like my first like real single photo in ride, and I did this huge boost over the spine, and then like just thinking now like I went and shot my ride cover with him, you know, so like Jeff Jeff's always been a an awesome photographer to work with and he's got really good visual on on the tricks and how they should look and how and how photos should look. So let's go with Jeff too. Okay. Cool. And he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah absolutely. There's a couple good Jersey guys, that's for sure. Alright, so we're we're to the end. So cool. um, I just wanted to give you a chance to shout out to your sponsors and uh, whoever else you want to shout out to. Yeah, well, I'm going to go and thank, you know, my sponsors definitely for for keeping me going in BMX and giving me something to work work on and work forward towards. Yeah, Monster Energy, Van Shoes, Hyperbike, Snafu, Fox Clothing. It's been an amazing journey and I'm so honored to be on it still. So, um, also, I want to thank my friends and my family for helping me, you know, not only through my injury, but just through my career in general. And, uh, and I also want to go and thank Joe Doherty for, for uh, helping me out so much this year. And, you know, I, I got an awesome friend in you, Joe, now. So wow. this is cool. I'm honored to be able to work with you and have cool, cool opportunities like this come up. And I'm excited for the future, man. I really yeah. am. Absolutely. So um, we're, we're going to have some fun this year. We're going to come up with, uh, oh, yeah. come up with some cool events, and uh, it's going to be a good one. I was hoping you'd say that because we talked about it before, and we, we definitely need to plan and make it happen yes. for sure. So We're doing it. We'll keep no in touch on that one. Everybody will hear this. Oh, yeah. On the podcast, everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's going to be some fun ones coming up. And people are asking. People are asking me when and where, when and where. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, it, it takes planning, and, you know, you got to figure out. It's nice to, well, it's in fact important to me, imperative to me to find a cause as well. So yeah. we'll work on that together and, and we'll make it happen. Awesome. So it would be great. Let's do it, Jeff. But uh, future plans for you besides what you're doing with the channel? Anything coming up? I just got to get ba- better. That's, I, you know, I, I, I've been so busy with the channel and everything and I'm kind of neglecting me getting better. And I, I, I kind of realized that re- recently and just realized I should be working on getting stronger and better. And I'm just so busy. I'm glad to be this busy, but I need to get better. I need to get stronger and I need to get my life as normal as I possibly could. So that's my plans. We're just going to keep on working throughout this injury and the rest will fall into place. Absolutely. Yeah. It will. It has. And it's coming And it will continue. continue. Sure. Oh, thank you for this, Joe. I'm, I'm oh. completely honored, man. This is my uh, my third podcast ever, 
and uh, it feels good. It's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, well, I'm glad we'll you did it. Definitely do it again. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. So, well, keep it up. I'm glad to see you uh, putting so much effort into BMX because we need people like you. Absolutely. BMX so. needs it. So thanks, thanks yeah. for being you, Joe. There's, there's more of me out there. Maybe they just have to be. They have to surface. They have to realize that they, they can do it too. Well, you keep on doing you, Joe. Yeah, I will. Again? I will. <laughs> so as we're, as we're doing this podcast, there's a kid on a scooter that keeps on crashing. Exactly. He's alright though. He's, He's up. We've had a lot of, <laughs> so we'll end a it lot on of bangers one. in the wrong way. <laughs> so we'll end it on that one. Right. Again, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Sir. All right. So it's one of those things like it's on the computer. Oh, it scares the heck out of you. But until but I post if? it, I kind of don't want to delete it from the phone that's, that's just life, in case man. something goes wrong. Yeah, that's like, my life. I do that one constantly. If you lose those, in my case, an interview yeah. that you put your heart into, I yeah, put my heart it's, into. It's the lost call is done. Yeah. And I haven't had it happen yet, but it, yeah. I'm well, just. Well, it seems like you're being careful about it. it shouldn't happen. <laughs> well, I, right. I am, but I'm I'm stacking up a little too many at a time on this thing, but. Uh, but it, it's all right. It's yeah, worked out good. fine.